You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone to Abby One Cola Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by FakeDeans.com. I am your humble host, the consummate professional. One said Alvin Kamara wasn't worth a first round pick, is determined to make Ploop a thing. Eli Manning belongs nowhere near the Hall of Fame. The old married guy, Pete Rogers, and I'm joined only by one of the guys tonight. It's just the man who destroyed the Jaguar season, the champion of Doggos Everywhere, the founder, president, and treasurer for the Gotta Chub for Nick Chub fan club, antagonizer extraordinaire, Mr. Independent Drinker Clark Burns. Clark, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Pete. Uh, Jordan, now that he has a new job, is actually, they're putting him to work. They're making him work, so he's not going to be able to join us tonight slash Thursday day as you are listening to this. Um Spoiler alert to all the listeners at home, because I know you guys were all sitting on the edge of your seats regarding this from last two, from Tuesday's podcast. Uh, Dalvin Cook did not get me 23 points that I needed to best Jordan in the RB1 Fantasy League. So uh, it looks like it's just going to be you and Jordan Clark in the finals. To, I'm going it out. To, to settle who is the true fantasy champion of, of the podcast. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Uh, so we're going to spend the next 45 minutes breaking down our personal matchup. Perfect. Good. You guys don't, you the listeners don't just need any fantasy play. advice. You guys are just tuning in to hear this epic matchup uh, uh, to see what's going to happen. I feel like we need to start adding some some kind of uh, weight to this. You know, there's got to be some sort of punishment that's got to get dulled out since it's between the two of you. Maybe we have some sort of on-air uh punishment or or retribution or something that goes to the uh to the loser we'll brainstorm on that we got time i'll leave that to you pete all right all right uh cool beans well we'll just jump right into it as i was telling clark before we hit hit record on the podcast uh I, my body is still getting used to being back in this time zone uh after spending uh, a week uh, over about 12 hours. I think it's 12 hours behind ahead, ahead, 12 hours ahead. Well, in 12 hours, it's technically neither. Right. It's just like the opposite day. Uh, it's so I just like my whole, <laughs> my Becca and I were watching, which is actually really good. If you haven't seen this show, uh, nailed it on Netflix, which is like a baking show, but it's amateur bakers trying to bake really complex cakes. And they're just all turn out horribly. Um, and so it's very humorous. It's a very humorous show. Becca was loving it. Um, but I was tr- like fighting to keep my eyes open. So that long winded intro is just to say that, uh, we're going to try to do this podcast quickly so that I can go to bed, <laughs> even though I just spent unnecessary time talking about, uh, why we need to go to bed. We got this. We're going to make it through it. Let's do it. 
Boom. All right. So we got week 15 starts and sits. Everyone knows the rules. Everyone knows how it's done. Uh, we're going to start with the shit shows. And this late in the season, I've become a cynic, as you can tell by the number of shit shows I've got. There are a lot of teams on here that I just don't care about anymore. And so I've thrown them in to the shit shows. And we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals at Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Uh, the Cardinals, we all know we're garbage. The Falcons are just garbage. Mark, talk to me about this game. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> So you, you, for a lot of the shit shows, it's people you can't get away from and you're going to have to begrudgingly start. Uh, so Julio Jones is still going strong. The Cardinals, though, are surprisingly good against the pass. I think they're like 11th in quarterback uh, points given up to quarterbacks. So I'm going to break ties against Matt Ryan in this game. And then on the other side, the only person you're even considering is David Johnson, who's getting you a real consistent six to seven points each yeah. week. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you if you got lucky and picked up, um, you know, if Kenneth Dixon is a guy you want to take a shot on, someone else you think might accidentally fall into the end zone, like it feels really weird to say this, but I would start Kenneth Dixon over uh, David Johnson. So I, I don't really want any. I don't really want much of this game at all. No, I, I, I actually in my notes I was going to ask you about that. Like, is David Johnson back to sucking? Because it, it, there was a hot sec there when Brian Leftwich took over, and we were like, "Oh, David Johnson, could he like stumble upon fantasy relevance again?" And not that he's sucking; it's just that he's not. You know, like you said, he's averaging. He's getting you like six to seven points, which. Yeah, it's not what you want from him, but it's like, yeah, maybe that's flex worthy, but yeah, I'm not pleased. I'm not happy. It's something we thought that he might be able to overcome this year. Right. Of incredibly talented player on an incredibly inept offense, and he just hasn't been able to. I don't think that he's bad all of a sudden, but when the team doesn't score any touchdowns it's really hard to start that running back i know i all of our reasoning going into this season of why he was going to have an epic season was because he was the best player on a shitty team and we were just like oh my god the usage that he's going to get is going to be astronomical he's going to get 20 carries and like 15 targets a game and it's just going to be exactly he's going to be basically what christian mccaffrey has been uh for the for the panthers but that is not and he didn't even hurt his leg and he didn't even hurt hurt his leg clark it was just his wrist. Oh, my God. All right. So, yeah, let's move on from that game. Uh, and we'll quickly bounce over to the Washington racial slurs against Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm going to be honest, Clark. I In my notes, do we need to talk about this game? I have no one to talk about in this game because is there anyone worth talking about in this game? No. No. I mean, I, I for a hot minute, I thought Chris Thompson would be a good kind of yeah. PPR late round pickup. But it's just – I know that the – team from Washington scored some points last week, but it was after the Giants had literally given up. Right. Uh, so not interested in anyone. I mean, if Fournette goes, maybe. He's the only but, one who you're who you're reliably playing. Like, even but he's in, the same, he's in the same David Johnson category of, like, if I have someone else that I right. feel better about, like, like as my flex, then I'm not going to – I mean, I would honest. I'd play Fournette over David Johnson, uh, but but I agree yeah. with you. Where it's like, yeah. you know, if there's, he's not, he, you know, he, he is the only person from this game I think that's going to give you any kind of fantasy relevance. Like even Adrian Peterson is, he's lost kind of his fam- fantasy touch. I have no faith in any of Washington's pass catchers. With, I mean, I don't even know who's going to play quarterback for them. But Josh Johnson is that who yeah. it is? 
Come on. I, I think so. I mean, I didn't yeah. bother looking. Cause... No, I get out of here. And then Cody <laughs> Kessler's quarterback. And, this yeah, game I picked is... up and spot started the, the Giants defense last week. It didn't matter, but I it was a good play. It was also. a good play. So Very that, proud of myself. There you go. There's your start for this game. Start the Giants defense. The Jags defense might be a good start. I mean, because they're out there. And yeah. I, actually, I'm going to. Actually, Clark's like, ooh. One, one oh, minute. Shit. I'm going uh, to start them. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't want any part of this. No, garbage. Let's move on. Uh, Oakland against Cincinnati at, at Cincinnati. So I think you, I think you probably <laughs> still go with Joe Mixon, and and I know these are going to be quick, but we're talking to what are we like at the most forty percent of leagues now? Right. Like it's, I mean, it's if, the you're, if you're actively tuning into this, you have two scenarios. One, you've made it to your finals. Congrats. Good for you. Two, you're in the bottom place bracket and you're trying not to lose. So, I mean, I'll go with Joe Mixon. He's getting a lot of volume, even though Cincinnati's offense is fairly inept. He he still looks okay, and they're giving him the ball all the time. Uh, With Oakland, uh, Jared Cook has has been really surprising kind of as far as the middle of the pack tight ends go, like really surprisingly consistent. So I think if you didn't spend any capital on Kittle or Kelsey or anyone like that, then you – you're starting cook, but that's not a news flash to you. So nothing else in this game is interesting. I'm not doing Jordy. I'm not thinking Derek Carr has an amazing game. Uh, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, no, no. I mean, not if I can. If there's any other option, so not much here. Yeah, uh, the 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 Jared Cook one is so interesting to me because he's one of these players who has had who has physically immense talent and has just not been has only been able to like put it together during stretches. Like he hasn't been able to do it for like, this is the first time you've seen it kind of for a whole season where he's been like, Oh, a legit threat in the passing game for an entire season. There was a hot sec where he was with the Packers and he had some moments. I mean, most notably the, the, the playoff game against Dallas where he was just on fire and, and with the Rams, he had some moments. It's he, he's just an interesting guy where you've, where he's kind of been bouncing around the league and has had moments of and flashes of, of putting it all together. And it's great to see even in a, in an offense as shitty as Oakland and, and just kind of as a much of a mess as that team is, it's great to see that he's like put together a full cohesive season of like being a productive uh, target. So it's one of these things too. Like we talk about Eric Ebron. It's one of these things where like, it takes, I think it takes a lot of time for players to like, you know, fully acclimate to the NFL and you have to find the right scheme that's able to like fully take advantage and fully utilize all of your talents and skills. And so I always think that it's, there are some players where you can put that bust label on them and be like, okay, this guy is just not cut out for this world and and is just going to fall out of the NFL. Uh, Most notably uh, what's his name? Uh, My God, I'm blanking on his name now, but he was the quarterback for the for the Oakland Raiders and and was a complete bust and was drafted first. Marcus Russell. Oh, seven. Thank you. Marcus Russell. Um, That guy, you can limit him as a complete bust. But as you know, it's one of these things where it's like if a player doesn't work out, let's, you know, see, you know, Devontae Parker, someone we talk about a lot on this podcast is that uh, and just kind of seeing let them bounce a few teams, find the right situation and see them flourish. So good. Good to see Jared Cook putting together a nice season. Yep. Cool. <laughs> I don't want to like. I was. I have like five minutes queued up on how we're too impatient with players and how we reward people being shitty and catty instead of like celebrating 
you know, improvement, but I'm going to spare everyone. That'll be an off-season podcast. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot. It's true, though. It's true. It's so funny that, and I, <laughs> as you say, you're going to not talk five minutes about it. Here, I'll just take your five minutes. Yes, really. <laughs> it's so, well, it's just so interesting that, like, I mean, it's so funny that that is always the take that people want to get. And and then we'll get – all right, I'll, I'll, I'll save my little spiel because we I'll, I'll be talking about a player who most – who recently in the media everyone's been loving to hate. Actually, let's just do it right here. I forgot that I had this game as a shit show. Oh, I'm all over the place tonight. Dolphins in uh, Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Uh, and I say start Kirk Cousins, even though he hasn't been hot recently. Uh, they fired John Filippo as their offensive coordinator. And I just think that they're going to look to reinvigorate the passing game. They're just going to try to, you know, he is the $84 million man. And so they're not going to go away from him. You know, a lot of people I've seen being like, oh, they should establish the run game, work to get the run game. And A, that's not what the Vikings haven't had success with the run game, even when they have established it. Like, it's that's not their strength. Their strength is the passing game when you've got, you know, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs and Kyle Rudolph and Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. Like, you need to utilize all those weapons and, and kind of carry that pass, passing attack. So I think that's what they're going to do is they're going to really kind of put it on Kirk and be like, Kirk, let's go. Plus, the Dolphins have given up the second most points to quarterbacks over the last four weeks, and Kirk is better at home. Uh, Fantasy-wise, three out of his top uh, – three out of his five top performances were at home. But going to what we were talking about, like, can we cool it with all the Kirk hate? It's it's so funny to me that 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 is the the thing that people immediately go to where it's like Kirk Cousins doesn't have a great game and I know there's so much pressure is put on the quarterback position and that's the that's the pinnacle of of sports and you know you're you're taking the weight of the team and because he was the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract it's all blah 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 but if you're not you all these comments where it's like oh give me Case Keenum again like. That that he let he led the Vikings almost to a Super Bowl. I'd rather have him than Kirk Cousins. You're not watching the games. Kirk Cousins is a much better quarterback than Case Keenum. Is making much better throws than Case Keenum. It's very difficult to play quarterback when you have zero protection from your offensive line and you're getting a sitting duck back there and you're getting pressured every other throw. I I think people need to cool it with this like Kirk Cousins wasn't worth it. Sure, was he worth eighty eighty four million dollars up front guaranteed? Probably not, but like that's the way the market plays out. Like you have to pay market value for these guys if you want to get them in house. And you know, I think the 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 quick turnaround on the hate or the like the seeking to be like, oh yeah, we were all right about this. Give the guy some time. Let's see how it plays out. Anyways, yeah, the Vikings are having a tough season. Um, I mean, we talk about this like it's new every year when a team's offensive line goes from being very solid to having a lot of injury problems and a lot of guys not playing well. We we talk about all of the other people not performing as if it's some giant mystery. No one does really well when they're under pressure. And Kirk Cousins is a good middle-of-the-road quarterback, and you have a good middle-of-the-road quarterback that's getting protection and receivers that are getting open. He looks really good. You have a middle-of-the-road quarterback that's back there running for his life. Not going to look good. No. So. If you look back, if you think back of like earlier games this season when he had protection, the game that sticks out to me was when they went to LA to take on the Rams. Um, and the Vikings defense just couldn't stop anything in that game. Not that that's only some teams have been able to do that. The Bears are the only ones who can stop the Rams. But Kirk Cousins had some dimes in that game. I mean, that was Jared Goff and Kirk just like going toe to toe with like who could throw the prettiest pass. So he has it in him, and and if the protection is there, it's it's so it's just so funny to me that uh, how 
agitated and like vindictive fans get about teams spending money on these players and feel like these players are wasting like quote unquote their money. I don't know. I don't know. It's silly. Well, people are stupid. Um, <laughs> I think. And there goes half of our listenership. <laughs> well, not our, not our listeners. No, that's they true. This long, they're clearly intelligent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the other side, I think Kenny Stills is a good start. And that's about it. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Get a little Miami talk in there. Why not? Uh, keep moving in the shit shows. Cause we got a lot of them. Detroit lions at Buffalo bills. Uh, Clark, how much are you buying into this? Because I, I posted this out onto the fake teams and, and did a Twitter poll. How much are you buying into Josh Allen, the Josh Allen hype of recent weeks? So if you're streaming quarterback, which is, which a lot of championship teams can get away with, I think that he's, he's doing the, uh, I want to say it was, I don't want to misattribute the quote. Someone on Twitter a long time ago came up with the, you know, Konami code of quarterbacks is when a quarterback runs, he does not have to be good to be an incredibly Mm -hmm. valuable fantasy asset. I mean, for me, the first guy that really showed that off was Tim Tebow. Like, yeah, Mike Vick was amazing, but he was a good quarterback too. And he can run. Tim Tebow was not good at quarterback, but he ran. And so he, as long as you didn't watch the game, he was a great fantasy asset. Uh, now, I'm not trying to uh, damn with faint praise comparing Josh Allen to Tim Tebow because I, you know, Josh Allen's his first year. He's not that bad. But anyway, short story long, I believe in Josh Allen. You could do a lot worse if you've been streaming along. Uh, so I like it. And he's actually the guy that I think is a good sneaky start for this game. Uh, and then for Detroit, I just have a question. Um, can I trust Kenny Galladay in the league where I really yeah. need something? Yeah. I saw I saw a, uh, a tweet going across the feed today, which was talking about Kenny Dog, Kenny Galladay's placements, where he finished as a wide receiver throughout the year, and it hasn't been great. It's like been surprisingly bad, despite the fact that the Lions' offense is literally him in the passing game. Like they've got they got rid of Golden Tate. Marvin Jones is on IR. It's like who else are they throwing the ball to? And still, he hasn't been able to like piece together multiple top 15 wide receiver productions or top 10 wide receiver productions. It's, it's interesting. He's just, it's, he's one of the guys where I agree with what you're saying, where it's like, if this is like a really, if this is an important game, because obviously it is, if you're tuning in and you're wondering who you should be starting and sitting this week. uh, Yeah. How much faith do you have in him to get you a serviceable, a serviceable game? I don't know. I hate, when my mind does this to me, but like, I feel like I have to, he's so like, I've seen him be so good and that's how you. Yeah. The worry is that the bills defense has been also very stout against receivers. So (sighs) you're kind of, you're playing with fire. I think, I think if he, if you have speaking to you directly, Clark and the greater listeners, you who are dealing with this quandary, if you have uh, someone who you feel maybe a little more confident in, I'd go for that. I just, I, I, I would fade Kenny Galladay, I guess, is my point, is my ultimate conclusion. Give, yeah. give actual feedback. Uh, moving on in the shit shows, we got two left. Both of them are which are me, so I'll just try to knock through them. Seahawks at San Francisco. Uh, I'm going to say start Dante Pettis in this game. He is a doubly nice start or a nice pick by me. 
Uh, since you can still add him off waivers, he's available. I think in like fifty. He's only owned in fifty-one percent of Yahoo. I think last time I checked, in the last three games, he's had seven targets in each and at least one touchdown. And even with Goodwin, uh, Marquise Goodwin returning last week, he still got a heavy targets from uh, Mullins. I think Nick Mullins is that's he's now become his go-to guy. Uh, plus, he's facing the Seahawks, who just two weeks ago he put up one hundred twenty-nine yards and two touchdowns against. So, I like that play if you're looking for a flex receiver who you can you know pump in there. I would, speaking of Kenny Galladay, I think I would play Dante Pettis over Kenny Galladay. Might sound preposterous, but that's kind of my mood right now. No comment. <laughs> uh, and then the final game of the shit shows the Super Bowl champions, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, falling flat on their faces against the Los Angeles Rams. Sit all your Philly pass catchers. I know this isn't something daring or anything. Wentz is possibly done for the year, but certainly is not playing this year. And don't think that Super Bowl Nick Foles is going to magically reappear. Golden Tate and Alshon Jeffrey have struggled even with Wentz. And surprisingly, Clark, here's a little factoid for you. Uh, The Rams now have a defense and have been number one against wide receivers the last two weeks, giving up only 8.7 points. Uh, So... I'm not starting. I might not even start anyone on Philly's offense. Maybe Zach Ertz, uh, but I don't even know if he's going to get the same kind of level of target and workload with Nick Foles under center. Yeah, it's very iffy. I, I'm so happy that it, that this team is just falling flat on their face. Not that I have a personal vendetta against them or anything. Don't be petty. I pretty much only work in the pettiness. You should know that by now. Uh, all right. So let's get to the if I'm boards. And Clark, this is where you're going to shine. Got a couple games here. We're going to start with your Houston Texans taking on the New York Jets. I'd say tune into this game because Deshaun Watson is always entertaining. And Sam Darnold has flashed some. So you got some nice young quarterbacks here to watch. Yeah, I think this is going to be a good bounce back game for the Texans defense. If you're wondering whether or not they should be worth the start. Uh, I'm breaking ties in favor of Demarius Thomas, even though I'm not real keen on starting Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has showed us all year that uh, the hype got out a little bit in front of him. Even though he's playing well, he's not the fantasy god we thought he was going to be. Having said all of that, uh, the Jets are, I think, giving up third most points to opposing wide receivers in the past five weeks. So I think there's going to be plenty for Hopkins and Demarius Thomas in this game. I might actually... He shouldn't be available. I'm like, during the show, trying to figure out (laughs) who's going to replace Kenny Galladay so that Kenny Galladay gets 19 points on my bench. Perfect. With the Jets, I don't want want anyone. I feel like this is going to be a a good bounce back game for the Texas defense. I just, no thanks to anybody on the Jets. Don't get cute and try to figure out who's going to be their starting running back. Yeah. Because someone who hasn't been with the team all year. Um, as as want to happen that seems to be i don't like this tradition let's let's talk about this quickly i don't like this tradition that's that's emerged this year of these no-name running backs coming out of nowhere to suddenly have like lead their back their respective backfields like what happened to the time where it's like oh here's my depth chart i'm gonna go with the second person on my depth chart you know where where we as fantasy owners can be like okay isaiah coel's injured Elijah McGuire is going to follow up. I'm going to add Elijah McGuire. And then Bob Hope is going to come on and run for 50 yards and a touchdown. You're like, what? First of all, there's a Bob Hope in the NFL. And third of all, what? I forget second of all. I just skipped that. Uh, I was going to actually ask you where you ranked Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas, Dante Pettis, and uh, Kenny Galladay in terms of who you'd rather start. But you already said 
Demarius Thomas over. I think Bogut. I'd go. I think I'd go with Demarius. Wow. wow. Who is the better uh, wide receiver trade, Demarius Thomas or Amari Cooper? Oh, so the price you paid really matters. Mm-hmm. Um, what was Demarius Thomas? It's like a fifth rounder. Like a fourth or a fifth or something. Yeah. I mean, I Amari's killing it. Why is Gil? You know, uh, the odds that the Cowboys were going to blow that first round pick anyway, pretty Pretty high. So uh, I don't know. Something that was so openly mocked uh, a few weeks ago is, is, you know, not looking so bad for the. No, again, like like what we were saying earlier, Mari Cooper not being used properly in Oakland and wait on these guys' careers until they're used properly. Uh, Moving on into the, if I'm bored, is that where we are? Yeah, we are. Uh, New Orleans Saints at Carolina take on the Panthers. It sucks that the Panthers have just been in a complete free-for-all because the NFC South games are some of my favorite games to watch because they're very exciting, very entertaining. I don't think that's going to happen this week. Uh, The Panthers are just a complete shit show. Uh, I had my play for this game is ploop Christian McCaffrey and my feelings towards McCaffrey this week is exactly why I created ploop. He's been scoring double digits every game this season. However, the saints are the second best team at limiting opposing uh, running backs, allowing only 13 points per game. Cam's clearly not healthy. The passing game is struggling. And I think the saints defense is just going to then key in and all out, just try to shut down Christian McCaffrey on their own. He's not going to be, bad i'm not saying to like bench him um but i i think a a 10 to 12 point ppr point game is is kind of what you're going to get from him this week it's it's going to be his lowest performance of the of the year but it's not going to be so awful that if you put him you know if you've started him anyways you're going to be like okay i can maybe weather this storm i really need this to happen pete thanks for putting this out there good Uh, against Christian McCaffrey in uh, a big money league this weekend. So hopefully he uh, gets like a 24-hour bug and has a bad game, and then it's completely fine. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, wish the best for him, but but just this one game. Let's move on. Uh, the Cleveland Browns at Denver to take on the Broncos. Who do you like in this game? What is like? Um, not not many people. I think Philip Lindsay and Nick Chubb uh, are obvious, and I think Jarvis Landry is fine too. Um, Denver's defense got real hot there for a minute and then pulled a little Jekyll and Hyde on us, but I think that they're a solid unit, and although Cleveland is playing so much better than they have in the past, I think we've been kind of blinded by that, that they're still not very good offensively, so and neither are the Broncos. I'm surprised this one made it into the if I'm bored category, so I think there's three obvious starts. Everybody knew what they were, and I'm not taking chances on on anybody else in this game. Yeah, I put this in if I'm bored because I like watching. I like watching the Browns. I like you got to you got to respect the Freddie Kitchens. You got to give the man the due. So, they, just him alone gets them into the if I'm bored. Uh, and then final game for the if I'm bored, oh, Clark. If you thought the Browns and Broncos don't deserve to be if I'm bored, you're really not going to like the fact that Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, heading to Baltimore to take on the Ravens has ended this uh this section yeah i mean i <laughs> i have said comments like this for the past few weeks in a row and just been totally wrong so maybe this game's gonna be a crackerjack game but i just don't see how baltimore doesn't just really Run away with this tampa bay yeah um, and that's why i'm real happy to start kenneth dixon um i'm, I'm kind of moving away from the Gus edwards because Kenneth, they're really starting to get 
Kenneth Dixon more involved, and I just feel like this is the game where it really swings in his favor. Um, so, I mean, Kenneth Dixon is my start. He was available in a couple of my leagues, so I went out and snagged him. Um, and I think Lamar Jackson's a fine start. I don't think that he'll embarrass himself in, with the Tampa Bay defense, which would be the only thing that would make me entertain these stupid is Joe Flacco going to get back in the game uh, comments that we're seeing. So I, I think it's going to be a pretty uninteresting game. And I think Baltimore is going to be fine. I, I'm really not interested in too many folks on the Buccaneers in this game. If yeah. I can get away from everyone there, I will. Yeah. Uh, I like the Kenneth Dixon call because I think you're definitely right. I think that the they've shown that they want to move the backfield back into – well, not even back into his in his wheelhouse, just into his wheelhouse because he's been injured for so long. Uh, I mean, he was a high draft pick for them, and he's just been dealing with injuries and hasn't been able to stay healthy and stay on the field. But he's back now. And I think with that, yeah, I think the Ravens are going to look to try to get him more involved, and particularly in the passing game, which is something the Buccaneers are obviously uh, trash at, and that's something that's not exactly in Gus Edwards' wheelhouse. So I could I could definitely agree with you. I think that a big Kenneth Dixon game could certainly be on its way. Uh, so there you go. There was the If I'm Boards. And now we've got four games left to talk about. We're just breezing through this. This is what happens when we don't have a lot of people to talk to, and there's not a lot of good games to talk about. But we now got four games that are actually going to be pretty exciting. Could be good games. We'll start <clears throat> off with the Dallas Cowboys heading to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Uh, and this is going to be actually a pretty exciting game. The one thing I'll say about this is I will say, we just talked about him already, but be wary of Amari Cooper. The Colts somehow are the best team at limiting wide receivers the last four weeks, averaging only 12.8 fantasy points to receivers, which... I have no idea where that came from, given the fact that they were the their defense has been like the punching bag of the NFL for the last half a decade. So, uh, I mean, good for them for getting their shit around. The Colts defense has been markedly better this year, uh, but I do I feel responsible to speak up for our fans. Uh, the past five games for the Colts have been against the Texans, the Jaguars, the Dolphins, and the Titans, and the Jaguars yeah. before that. So, not exactly a murderer's row. Of passing defenses, but but I do follow the AFC South very closely, and they are they're good. They've gone from being horrible to middle of the road, which is a huge improvement. Uh, so they're they're certainly no longer the laughing stock of you know AFC defenses. No, no, I and that's and that's a huge thing because if they can get a pretty solid defense there for to help Andrew Luck in that offense, that, that team's something that's a team to be scared about. And which is exactly what I mean. The Cowboys also have a very good defense, and then and then their offense is clicking at the right time. I just I think Amari Cooper is. I mean, obviously he's not going to repeat his performance, you know, last week against the Eagles, but <laughs> I think I think he could have a pretty f- big fall from there. So I'd just be a little wary yeah. of him. Don't expect huge chains from him. Uh, the second game that could be good games, the Green Bay Packers head to Chicago to take on the Bears. Yeah, so I hope I continue to be right here because I've been saying it for three or four weeks, but the, the Bears are just going to kill your fantasy playoffs. And the, the only thing that's going to make this sound like not so hot takey is that the Packers really have not been a great fantasy team. Aaron Rodgers has struggled. Uh, the only person that ha- has done really well is Devontae Adams, and I think you still started him despite the bad matchup. But if you're relying on Aaron Jones, I guess you have to go with him. But I feel really uncomfortable 
starting any Green Bay Packers not named Devontae Adams in this game. Uh, and then for the Bears, I'm starting Terry Cohen, and that sounds super obvious, but just to put it out there. And and I think Jordan Howard's going to give you a – if you're struggling at flex, I think you could do a lot worse than the eight points Jordan Howard's going to get you against the Packers. Interesting, interesting. Uh, yeah, I we've talked about this defense a lot on this podcast, especially since I'm a big defense guy, and I love the fact that – in the day in this NFL where offense is king and 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 it's just impossible to stop anyone. The fact that the Bears defense has just been so consistently good this year is just wonderful to see. I love watching it. I love watching them play. Uh, and coming off of that huge game against the Rams, the only thing I would say is that after a performance like that, you could see uh like a a a, a downfall, I guess, a down tick. Yep. You know, like coming off of that high. Uh, and you got a Rodgers who is now playing under a different, you know, Joe Philbin. Not that Joe Philbin is that much of an, you know, improvement. He's not Mike McCarthy. Increase. That's fair. Right? He's not it's that like, much better than Mike McCarthy. There's always that no matter what the change was, people were itching for a change and now they've had the change bump. Right. So anyways, so, you you know, maybe maybe Rodgers is able to be in a little more uh, uh, him-friendly offense that gets the ball out of his hands and kind of create some, create some open plays and some plays that are successful rather than forcing him to make these absurd throws and his wide receivers to make some absurd catches. But granted, against the Bears defense, it's not the best defense to kind of try to get your shit together. So uh, I like your call. I mean, you were right last week when, when you said that the Rams were going to kill your playoffs, and I think you're probably going to be right again this week when the Bears shut down the, uh, the shut down the Packers. Let's move on to games of the week, wrapping week 15 up. Uh, and we're going to start with the New England Patriots at the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in a game that's going to be very exciting. I'm actually very on board with this game. I know the Patriots are coming off of a terrible loss, um, and so are the Steelers. Let's be honest. Both these teams are coming off of terrible losses, and the Steelers are trying to get healthy. But this is this is the, this is the game that people want. This is going to be the battle of the AFC uh, right behind the Chiefs. Um, second seed in the AFC, we'll call it that. Uh, and and you know the main person who's going to show up to this game and is going to give you fantasy value is Mr. Thomas Brady because Brady loves playing uh, the Steelers. He's played them 10 times throughout his career, and he's averaging 312 yards, 2.5 touchdowns, and 0.4 picks per game. Uh, he got back on fantasy track last week. He's been a very unreliable fantasy quarterback this season, but he gave you a very good performance last week. I think the offense is clicking all the pieces are finally meshing and melding. The Steelers defense has given up the second most points and third most yards uh, last two weeks to quarterbacks. Brady's in for a big game. Uh, start him if you got him with 100% confidence and watch the man just pick apart the Steelers' shitty zone defense. Yeah, I really need James White to have a big one here for me. Yeah, that um, one I'd be a little worried about. The Steelers are actually pretty good at, uh, at receiving backs, but you never know. James White's pretty good at uh, receiving out of the backfield. <sighs> Robert Foster over Kenny Galladay. This is craziness. <laughs> I, I would never say, you can never say no to Robert Foster. I mean, the man <sighs> is a home run hitter. All he does is ball out. Can't say no to that. I, I think, I think you need to, Clark, I think what you need to do is, is in your league, you need to start Josh Allen, a quarterback and Robert Foster at wide receiver. That way, when you oh, win, you're just, are just milking it, rubbing it in your opponent's face. So I'll drop Andrew Luck. 
Yeah, drop Andrew Luck. He's worthless. It doesn't matter anymore. He's trash. Um, Last game on the docket, uh, the final game, and actually the Thursday night game, tomorrow night or today night uh, game, which is going to be a pretty good game. The Los Angeles Chargers, I know they're dealing with some injuries, but they're heading to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Mark Almighty, what do you got? Why? Why is this game on Thursday night? These teams are both, you know, same division. You know, battling it out, both teams look fantastic, and so we're going to get them both on short rest. Thanks, NFL. This is great. Uh, but there may be some positive for fantasy owners out there. It's the battle of the backups at running back. So uh, pretty sure, you know, as of the recording of this podcast Wednesday night, uh, Austin Eckler and uh, Melvin Gordon are going to be out for the Chargers. So Justin Jackson, who we were super excited about last week, ended up losing a ton of work to Austin Eckler, should get however many carries the Chargers have. And, you know, Philip Rivers can throw the ball 60 times. Right. But I'm starting Justin Jackson with confidence, I think. Easy top 20 running back finish this week. And then we look over at the Chiefs, uh, who let Spencer Ware get most of the carries in, uh, last week after they let go Green Hunt. Uh, Spencer Ware didn't look fantastic and got banked up. Banged up Damian Williams. uh got in for a touchdown uh and if he's the only game in town for kansas city with all the points that you expect that team to score this is one of those running backs where you're like i feel like he's gonna get a touchdown like if i can just get 30 yards and a touchdown i feel good about 10 points for my flex or for my you know second or third running back um and then p.s like if you're wondering uh philip rivers gets to go against the second worst defense uh, against opposing QBs, like I know Eric Berry is scheduled to come back, but I don't care. Yeah, I like, s- I saw a tweet going around that was like Philip Rivers' career history in Arrowhead, and the games are not great. But I'm also kind of like mm, those defenses. I mean, I think the Chiefs' defense has improved. Their pass rush has gotten a lot better, particularly with Justin Houston back, and even with a banged up Eric Berry, they're a better defense. But Philip Rivers. Phil Rivies is is tossing that pigskin around. He is looking good. He is looking prime. He's looking confident. He's got receivers to throw to, even though he's not going to throw another touchdown to Keenan Allen. He's going to throw all of his <laughs> touchdowns to Mike Williams. Saying it right now, Philip. Pay attention to this podcast. Um, I think this is going to be a really good game. It's uh, the whole Thursday night football thing is. Uh, I, I'm. I have so many mixed feelings about it because of what you say about short rest. It's like. This is a Sunday night game. Why is this not Sunday night? This would definitely be a Sunday night game. We all complain about having shitty matchups on Thursday night, but it's also kind of like, don't we want the shitty teams to play Thursday night so that all the good teams are like rested and have time to prepare and actually put forward a good presentation and be able to play their best football as opposed to being like, oh, we've got four weeks of rest. Let's just go. The Eagles and the Rams. Eagles and Rams is Sunday Sunday night. Oh yeah, get that shit out of there. Make that the Thursday night game. You know when this. You know when they were making the schedule, they were like, "Oh, this is going to be a battle for the NFC. This is going to be a a great game." And then the Eagles just pooped it all away. And this is the flex game. Like they, this is where they've worked in that they can change the game around. Because it's so hard to win a Super Bowl and stay relevant, Philadelphia. It's friggin' Bezos. It's because Amazon got in on the Thursday night football games. They're taking all of our good games. God damn it. Cashier's jobs won't exist in five years. Don't even get me started. 
Don't even, don't even get me started. That's fine. It actually saves a lot of money. It's more efficient. You know, <laughs> good cashiers will find another job. Don't get mad at the, you know, buggy whip maker because buggy whips aren't being sold as frequently because of that stupid Henry Ford. Anyway, good talk. Yeah. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> Backup running backs. All right. I like it. I like that Damian Williams. He's, I, I totally agree with what you were saying when you were just like, He's someone who I just, I, if I put him in my lineup, I'd be like, yeah, I totally see him getting like 45 yards at the very least and falling for a touchdown. And that's and that's enough to be a flex start for me. That's all I need. I think I'm going to start Robert Foster over Kenny Collins. Yeah! Right. Uh, like, because I'm projected to lose and I'm looking at the other team and they're better. Just like, rip it and rip it. That's what you got to do. Okay. I know everybody's on pins and needs. Ah! I don't know. I feel like this projection is bad. Take that, Yahoo. All right. Plus, the Lions don't have a pass defense. Come on. All you need is, speaking of just, speaking of getting 25 yards in touchdown, all you need from him is like one 60-yard bomb that he takes to the house. Boom. Done. Game, set, match. Okay. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yes. This whole podcast was worth it just for that. If I, you know crying and hammered on Monday night. <laughs> and like, I need Michael Thomas to give me a 65 in standard. <laughs> You'll know things have We'll know it went really well. Uh, that being said, I would also love to track Monday Night Football and watch Michael Thomas try to get you 65 points. It's like, uh, like I have Traquan Smith too. And so it's like, do you just want to put all in on Drew Brees? I have no, no faith in Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith been, has uh, been too many times recently. I put him once on by choice, and then I forgot to take him out the next week. And both weeks, he got me a big, fat zero. So Traquan Smith is dead to me. I trust Robert Foster more than Traquan Smith. One thing I find interesting in this league is I've been riding Travis Kelsey and uh, George Kittle. Like, like you have two I tight guess. ends? You just starting yeah. one of them flex? But yeah. Dope. Dude. I mean, I'm, I'm getting killed at wide receiver. Yeah. This is this plays in the Jordan thing all offseason, where it's just treat tight ends as another pass catcher. And just basically this is keep... the update. This is the league where I uh, initially drafted six quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you can see why I'm thin. See, <laughs> <laughs> you can see why I'm grasping at straws. <laughs> yes. That being said, man, I mean George Kittle is like outperformed. Both of them have like outperformed most wide receivers in fantasy. Yeah, it's just the the bad games are tough. Yeah. But it's like 9, 2, 9, 19, 8, 3, 15, 5, 17, 8. It's like, Sorry. This is where the podcast has gone to. It's Clark just reading scores. It's all about me. <laughs> well, it's not, not that it's not about you. It's just reading scores. Uh, excellent. Well, there you go. Some week 15 start sit advice. Good for you if you listened. Uh, we're going to... We're going to a little peeling back the onion curtain. We do this every year. And by every year, I mean last year, since that was the first year of the podcast. Um, we're almost two years. We're basically two years into the show. Yeah. Yeah. Good for us. Episode 94 right now. We're six away from 100. Um, but peeling back the onion curtain. Once, basically after this week, after Christmas, uh, after Christmas, we're going to go back to one a week podcasts because – 
Fantasy-wise, there's no purpose because it's over. We probably won't do any talking on Christmas week anyway. So we got one more week of two a weeks uh, giving you fantasy advice. And then from there, we just kind of talk off-season and random football thoughts. The reason I say that is just because uh, at this point in the year, and Clark, correct me if I'm wrong, you get a little burned out of football and just of and of and of you know topics and just kind of like you're like all right you know you guys know who to play you know who to start but well, there's lots to talk about yeah well there's I mean, lots to it, talk about but it, if you've made it this far you have maybe one or two roster decisions and and i hope that we've hit on a couple of them mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's my favorite time is the off season because we're oh, talking yeah. draft, like the real NFL draft, and oh, then yeah. you start talking, you know, fantasy, fantasy drafts. drafts, and we're going to be hitting it hard, you know, dirt, like we always do yep. again for the two years, like for we always years. do. Uh, but this is kind of the end of the season, and you know, you got to worry about getting presents and stuff. I actually, ooh, while we're talking present presents, update, I don't, I don't know if Becca listens to the podcast, so you may not be able to uh, do it. Uh, I update Katie with all the hilarious things that I said on the podcast immediately after recording. So she doesn't have to listen. So she doesn't have to listen. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. But I feel like I actually thought of a good thoughtful gift this year. Nice. Photo album. So two years we've been together. People don't have pictures anymore. You take them on your phone. You randomly like come across them when you're looking for that funny meme that you saved on there. So I printed out about a hundred pictures. We're going to do a little photo album. And, uh, yeah. That's awesome. That's a really good idea. So there you go, guys. Yeah, there you go, That's guys. A good idea. Uh, relatively inexpensive. Uh, but you're right with gift. with the whole with you know with the with the modern age of keeping all your phones or all your phones all your pictures on your phone. It's nice to have them like printed out in hard copies. I like that. Yeah. That's what we did for my for my parents for my my parents and then my mother in law for for Christmas. We got them uh, a book of all of our wedding photos. So very nice yeah very nice christmas special so if you guys have any uh questions about gift ideas yes uh please hit us up i'm i actually you know pretty good little gift giver i like it Uh, i like it maybe we'll maybe we'll try to roll out a a mailbag next week um and we can do some christmas mailbag question answering next week on on uh, on tuesday's show but until then Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher. Uh, you can also subscribe on SoundCloud because that's where we're based. Uh, give us five stars. Give us a lovely review. Tell us how much you love us. Tell us how excited you are for both maybe either your fantasy finals that you're in or or beating the guy so that you don't lose your league or uh, or the NFL offseason because that's just around the corner, more or less. Uh, and uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Keaton Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. We will be back at you guys next week. And until then, have a good weekend. And peace.